Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of Over Under. We introduced this last month. We're going to be going through the WWE roster, at least some of the big names off of it, and saying whether we consider them to be over or underrated or considered to be about right. This is based on our feelings, based on reactions we get about the wrestlers from the internet community and the wrestling community at large rather than necessarily their place on the card, though place on the card is definitely going to be a little bit of a consideration, I'm sure. Joining me as always, I'm Kyle Joseph, by the way. Uh, joining me as always, Rylan Turner. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm excited to go through this list. I got this list of names, and uh, I'm excited to hear I've got a few of them for sure. I've got a few that I, I'm interested to see where, where people go with it. And we have our guest... Joining us again for the rest of this over-under list, Mick Hawley. Mick, how are you doing? Not too bad. The returning, the defending, the undisputed guest champion. (laughs) (laughs) Self-determined, of course. (laughs) It's the only way we know how here. Right? No, man, I'm doing good. Thanks uh, for the invite for uh, another, I'm sure, uh, certainly swell conversation that we're about to have. Well, let's not waste any time and get right into it. If you haven't listened to last month's, you should probably go ahead and and do that. But, I mean, aside, it's just going to be us listing names and talking about people. So, to start us off, Rylan, Jimmy Uso. Ooh. So, last month, we ended with Jay. And Jimmy, I have a lot of similar feelings about. Like, I honestly feel like what happened with Jay was circumstantial. Jimmy got hurt. And Jay had to step up and do the thing. And he did. I don't think we'll ever really know if Jimmy could have done the same thing in that same situation. Because, you know, we're not we're not placed with that right now. We're heading into SummerSlam. Uh, by the time this is released, SummerSlam will be long done. But heading into SummerSlam, like, Jimmy Uso is a really, really, really big deal. Or sorry, Jay Uso is a really big deal. Jimmy Uso, I, I feel like has all that same credibility. So, I, I'm going to go with underrated. Mick, Jimmy Uso. Um, he's kind of a tough one. Like I said, there's no doubt that uh, obviously Jay is. I would say maybe the breakout star, at least for uh, a potential singles run. But again, that's probably going to be more to due to circumstance than anything else. I, re- I really got nothing, man. I, I really like the two as a tag team, but I mean, uh, if, if I, I read somewhere, uh, one, one of the Facebook groups I've uh, or that I uh, follow there, and so they said it best is that every pro wrestling tag team that's got that gets big has got to have a Genetti. And unfortunately for Jimmy, I think he's a Genetti, and I, I think it's probably where he should be. Ooh, ooh, hot take. I think Jimmy's underrated. I think there's Jimmy has been showing off acting chops in some of these other segments. Obviously, Jay has sort of been, as you mentioned, the breakout star in this particular thing. But Jimmy has been showing off the acting chops, and frankly, Jimmy is still also an excellent, excellent wrestler. Like both of these guys are tremendous talents in the ring. I don't think anybody's sort of doubting that, and I do think. Part of the underrated might also be that WWE just undervalues tag team wrestling. If AEW has shown us anything in their five, you know, four or five years of being here now, 
it is that WWE is probably undervaluing uh, multi-person bouts. And the Usos have been in the top five upper echelon of tag teams for the better part of a decade now, particularly in ring. So I think that's a sign that we probably should be giving them a bit more stars than, than they than we necessarily are. And they're still both excellent in the ring. In addition to showing off things in this run that they are solid outside of it too, in particular roles. So I'll say Jimmy Russo is underrated, but he is married to Trinity. This is true. Um, Rylan, Johnny Gargano. Ooh, this is the tough one for me because I really love Johnny Gargano. And I think based on his NXT run, definitely underrated, but however, this main roster run has been okay at best. And sure, he's not on TV as much as he probably should be. And sure, he's probably not getting the time he, he deserves, but it's difficult. Um, given that I'm a bigger NXT or like at least the black and gold air of NXT fan than a main roster fan, I'm going to say Johnny Gargano's underrated, but yeah. I would like to see some some furthering with something with him on the main roster. Mick, I feel since his return, it he seems off, and I don't know if it's like just in the delivery of his promos, or maybe that he's like a um, he's like a small fish in a big pond. Because I think he was he absolutely was the face of NXT Black and Gold before his uh, I guess his his release and then subsequent rehiring. Or did he just take a break? I can't really recall. But the, I think he just let out. Right. So yeah. in either way, I, th- I think that like, people expected more out of him. And I don't think that's necessarily anything of his own doing again. And I think that's a very common uh, theme that we've kind of been discussing over these, uh, you know, last couple of episodes. And I'm sure that it'll come up again. But um, I think as a, as a potential big name, I think he's underrated, um, but in his current, I think like the, the his his the, the the current view for him, at least uh, booking wise, I'd say he's a little overrated. I mean, he needs to do something that's going to wow me, really. Johnny Gargano to me is the one of the you know very particular list of people who, boy, the way to go might have been to go to AEW. Because I feel like there's a lot more space for somebody of his body type there than there is in WWE. Just sort of the reality of the business. And Gargano is always going to be a great match machine. But I think for multiple reasons, too, I do think that he's going to get held back in, in WWE. And I think one of the bigger ones is that Johnny Gargano at his best is just sort of earnest white meat babyface. A character that in WWE in the modern day is one of the worst written and has just never really worked. For a multitude of reasons. But for whatever reason, once people like that get to the main roster, they just don't really succeed in that in that way. Their character needs some other quirk to it. And the reality is, is that's what you get out of Johnny Gargano. So I'll say appropriately rated, because I do think people give, say, Johnny Gargano is an amazing match 
participant, but he's just in a place where that kind of technical wrestling, especially, has fallen out of favor a little bit, which is surprising considering how many really great technicians they have on that roster. Who wants to bet they'll try to bring him back with um, Champa? Try to respark some of that magic. Probably. I mean, that's probably well, where Champa, going. Champa just returned, and it looks like they're linked anyway. So yeah, that that looks to be the direction. Ryland, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is underrated. This is a guy who is in between uh, bell to- or you know the bell going off, and uh, this guy is a machine. Not only that, though, this guy's an amazing promo. A guy who, number one, is bilingual, so like, let's give him the credit where credit is due. He doesn't have to be just your, you know, English speaking heel or babyface. He can do it in in uh, French, in uh, I guess French Canada as well. Um, like, I don't know. Like, when it comes to Kevin Owens, man, like. There's nothing, his career, unfortunately, has been something, or has been a career, rather, that I've looked back on and thought, man, what could have been? Um, And don't get me wrong, he still has a year and a half left on that contract of his, and things can happen and can change, but, like, I don't know. Another guy who could have beat Roman. That's, That's how I feel like I'm looking at him right now. Underrated, for sure. Another guy that should have beaten Roman, that uh, that feud, and that was really prior to like the bloodline kicking off, where uh, he was just kind of getting into that tribal chief character. Like Owens, a hundred percent could have taken that title and been a hundred percent believable. I think in the grand scheme of uh, like the, the the bigger community, I think he's underrated. I don't believe he's underrated by the people in the back, though that are making those decisions. I think they absolutely know what he brings to the table. I think they actually really appreciate his, uh, his work ethic and his work rate. Um, but I will never ever get over them dumping the fresh over friendship, completely dropping the title to Goldberg to put it back on Brock Lesnar for over a year. Like why there was no reason for it. So, I, I think he's where he should be, uh, but I think in the probably the the wider community where people, especially casual people, just tuning in that don't follow him, um, like he's he's probably my favorite modern day uh, WWE wrestler. And I mean, I've got the t-shirts to prove it because any anytime that a new one came out there for a while, I was rocking KO shirts. So I'd say in the wider community, he's underrated. But I do think at least within his WWE run, he is probably where he should be. If not, maybe given another run with the title. Kevin Owens, in my mind, is the biggest total package that WWE has. He is an amazing wrestler in ring, still continues to deliver some outstanding in-ring performances. He is an amazing wrestler, or he's an amazing promo. One of the best promos they have in the company. He can be both a heel and a face and is completely credible and believable as both. The character is very well carved out and established as both. He will deliver big-time main event matches. He's willing to take big risks to give you big moments in matches. He is the ideal community ambassador for WWE. 
the fact that they never pulled the trigger on Kevin Owens in the way that they should have is completely and totally baffling to me. Because he is he has it all. And Kevin Owens is very highly respected and very highly thought of by the wrestling community, but there's still more room on the table. I sort of feel the same way about him as I feel about Walter. And Kevin Owens is a more complete package than Walter is. So, yeah, I've never understood. He is the one I will never understand for WWE. With a lot of the other ones, I can, you know, say one way or the other why I think they never reached the highest level. And I also think that WWE, for a long time, especially in the Vince era, really undervalued the value of the mid-card workhorse people in a way that the Triple H era doesn't undervalue. So I do think there's value to that. But Kevin Owens is not that. He is a complete and total package main event face of the company guy. And they've never really elevated him to that level. And it's baffling to me that they never did. People don't give credit enough uh, for how technical of a wrestler he is too. Like he's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is. Oh yeah. And also clearly a very well-respected safe pair of hands because whenever yeah. they have somebody come back who they're a little bit nervous about, one of the matches that they can give, one of the people they can give them to is Kevin Owens. Brian Danielson's first match back, or as Daniel Bryan when he was with the company, was Owens and Zane. They, he, he was there with Stone Cold Steve Austin mm-hmm. and delivered more than that had match in any business of delivering on. That was a fun match. And that's a testament to Kevin Owens. Ryland, moving on. Kofi Kingston. It's hard because, uh, you know what? Actually, it's not. He's underrated. Uh, this is a guy who created one of the best WrestleMania stories in the 20 plus years that I've been watching, watching wrestling, uh, I've ever seen. I teared up when Kofi Kingston won the world title. That was a big moment for me as a wrestling fan. Uh, and it was demolished terribly by Brock Lesnar and Vince McMahon. Um, yep. on live television and what under, th- under a minute. Um, this is a guy who should have had a couple world title reigns before Kofi mania. Like he was primed. He was ready. He, he's a good promo. People look at the new day and think that Kofi, I, I think there's a general consensus that Kofi in the new day is the, the weakest on the, on the mic. I argue that wholeheartedly. He proved in the time that he was WWE champion that he can go in there and deliver when it needs to on the mic, especially, especially the Daniel Bryan program leading into WrestleMania, where he looked at Daniel Bryan and said, you know what happens next? That line, I I just got goosebumps saying it and just remembering him delivering it. Um. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to the New Day, all of them I feel like are underrated, and that's maybe a spoiler for the end. But Kofi Kingston, absolutely. I don't know why I thought it was hard. Um, it's it's real easy. He's underrated. Mick, Kofi Kingston. Criminally underrated. I was, I was, uh, Rowland took the words right out of my mouth. The entirety of New Day is underrated. Um, yeah, they've had some awesome runs as a, uh, as a, as a trio or as a faction. Um, 
but they haven't gotten their flowers as single stars. And I mean, Kofi wrestled for a damn near a decade for the, the company before even getting any success within um, uh, the new day. So, I mean, I, I, I think Kofi for me personally is my least favorite member of the new day. However, that is not to shit on him because he is still a fantastic athlete. He's a fantastic uh, worker. Like I really enjoy watching anything that he puts forward. I just think that the other two have got a little more star power than Kofi does. Maybe it's because he's you know further into his career, or maybe he's at the uh, more more of the twilight. But man, I feel bad for him because he has not had any luck in his Royal Rumble. Uh, you know, saves in the last couple of years, so he keeps botching it, and uh, you know. I don't know are we going to see the end of that streak or not, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll find out in January. Kofi's tricky to me. I, I do think he's underrated. I don't think that, I think that goes without saying. I do raise the point that I will say that if Kofi Kingston isn't the worst promo in the, the new day, and I don't think he's the worst promo, he is the least overly charismatic, we'll say. His... He's more stoic than the other two, which, I mean, that's not saying a lot. Big E is everything all at once, but that's not to say he's bad. He was always a perfectly fine promo when they didn't have him speaking in a ridiculous Jamaican accent. And obviously the matches have delivered for years. And yeah, he was, what was always tricky with him is that I think Vince because Vince gets very single-minded with wrestlers, he saw him as the guy who does the thing on Royal Rumble or the guy who jumps off a thing in a ladder match rather than a person who they could build a, a main event division around. And then, of course, in true WWE fashion, when he had a main event run, they didn't give him the main events. So I don't think he ended a, a show as the champion. Or a pay-per-view, I should say. Mm. So, yeah. Kofi Kingston, even in the internet community that really loves Kofi Kingston, I do think that we, we lose sight of him too often. I agree. Rylan, Ellie Knight. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, uh, this guy's <laughs> underrated. Uh, this guy is not being used to his full potential right now. Um... Like, there's not much more I could say about that. Like, he should have been the money in the bank this year. Um, he's the crowd genuinely and naturally took to this guy. And I don't think anyone would have guessed to the level that they've I've seen these promos he's cutting where the crowd is with him for every beat of it. And he's more over than half of the half the roster. Not only that, but he's a merch seller. This guy. I think I saw the numbers earlier. He had like 79 items that were top 10 items on the WWE shop. And the closest second was Cody Rhodes with 18 items. Like that's, that's ridiculous. This guy should be geared towards the world championship. So, I mean, truth, truth be told, like we're still early into this run and he certainly could turn it around, but right now he's underrated. Nick, LA Knight. Let me talk to you. So I think he's underrated. I think he's going to stay underrated. And the only reason I say that is because 
He's too old. He's uh, he's getting uh, he's he's forty or he's in his forties, and I think they uh, they waited too long. That being said, he still has a really good run left in him. I could see if they, uh, you know, they, I, I, I can see him as a world champion, which, you know, some, some of the people we've talked about, I can't see that. So I see he, he, overall he's, he's underrated for what he brings to the company. Um, but people are starting to give him his dues. He's got a lot of, you know, positive heat online right now. Um, a lot of, a lot of people saying that he's a ripoff of the rock and Austin too, but, uh, I mean, it works for him. And, uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I think it's, I think the, uh, you know, the world's his oyster as it were. Um, and the big thing is, is I'm really, really glad that they dropped the, uh, the old Max, Max Dupree thing on him, bringing back his LA Knight. Uh, you know, he's, he's not going to be Eli Drake in, uh, in WWE, but, uh, you know, he's about as close as he can get. And I, I kind of want to see what he's up to or what he's going to be able to get up to. Oh boy. All right. I Uh-oh. Uh-oh. have made I have made no apologies about the fact that I am a moves over story guy when it comes to wrestling. The in-ring stuff means way more to me than than a lot of the promo stuff or a lot of the build. I would rather have a bad build in a great match than a great build in a bad match. LA Knight's overrated. <laughs> LA Knight is a fantastic promo. I will not take that away from him. He has a yeah. really great, he has a really great crowd presence. He has control of the mic. He can get a crowd invested and bring them one way or another. He's very, very good at that. And then it gets into the ring, and he's fine. Nothing I won't argue like that. that. <laughs> I, I won't argue that. But I think I think like Mick talked about earlier the the comparisons between The Rock and Austin. Austin, I hold. Higher, much higher than The Rock in ring. The, oh, Rock, the Rock had was, some stinkers. Yeah, The Rock was all razzle dazzle with the mic, and then what in between the ropes wasn't there. Here's but the thing, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I the thing about The Rock is The Rock had the skill that The Rock had. One, The Rock was sort of just a transcendent charisma in a way that I don't think L.A. Knight reaches. I think L.A. Knight is a great promo. I don't think he reaches Dwayne Johnson levels. I don't know that how many people do. And two... Chris Jericho. Well, two... The Rock, for all of the things that people say about him, and despite his sells of the stunner to try to pop the guys in the back, was a great seller. Yeah. If you needed The Rock to be wrapped in pain, The Rock was great at delivering on that. He was very good in those moments. The move set was always a little bit weird, but like, am I going to fault somebody for the people's elbow? Not really. That's not. I feel like that was a thing that. Exactly. That was a thing that I feel like was a joke once, and then people absolutely loved it, and so they're going to keep delivering on it. And frankly, you know, people will still pop for the people's elbow. It's just one of those things. So, should it be finishing matches? Absolutely not. But I have no. But you know, that was the thing with the Rock. That all the moves set or whatever, it was fine. Was he amazing in the rings? No, he was no ring general. But he could hold his own against an opponent who was able to bring it. And Steve Austin at the time, Steve Austin was a really great ring technician in his younger years. But when the Attitude Era became a more brawl-centric 
in-ring product, he was great at that too. That was sort of became his bread and butter, especially when he wasn't able to do all of the same stuff that he was able to do in his younger years. He could still deliver on that, that brawl style. Um, all this to say, again, not to say that LNA is bad or shouldn't be a candidate for the world title. I have always been the advocate for striking while the iron is hot. If somebody's popular, give them the title. But am I... Is LA Knight bringing me to watching a pay-per-view? Probably not. Watching a title I'm match on a pay-per-view. Mm. Could LA Knight beat Roman Reigns? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do I you believe think... that Roman... Do, no. Do you think, I don't think, given I don't think popularity... WWE sees it that way. I don't think WWE will ever like let that happen. Like, Would I have a problem with it? No, absolutely not. But... Do I think that WWE is going to see him in that level? No, absolutely not. It's fair. It's fair. Well, is, there are a few that I'm more excited to talk about than this one, because I have no idea where we're going with this. Okay. Rylan, Liv Morgan. Okay. Um, I want to say, I wanna, like, what did you say yesterday? You're going to push? Yeah. Okay, so... I'm going to push on, on Liv Morgan because I feel like she's slotted exactly where she needs to be. I am leaning towards overrated though. And the reason being is because I've had her, I've seen her have good matches, but I've never seen her have a great match. And she's been, don't get me wrong. Work ethic is there. Um, character is there. Popularity, I think is there. It's just, I haven't seen that match yet for her. And, that's why I would lean towards overrated, but I, I do think that with Liv Morgan, um, I think that right where she's at right now is is fine for her. I do think there's room to grow, um, but I, I'm I, I don't know if I, I don't know. It's been a while, and and I've seen her have a run with and and matches with Ronda, and they were pretty bad. And that's no that's no knock on her. She shouldn't be leading the match. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm going to say Liv Morgan's right where she belongs. Nick, uh, yeah, I, I I think I have to agree. Liv is very very interesting when she's in the chase. I think she's one of the underdogs that you want to root for. Uh, you know, she's just a tiny little thing that, you know, you really want to cheer for, you want to root for, you want to see her beat the odds. But man, when she's holding that title, she's lame. And she doesn't make a whole lot of believable... Uh, she's she's not a super believable champion, especially when you have so many other people on that roster that could do it. Um, I got nothing against her, you know? I'm sure she's a super friendly person. Um, you know, I like to see that she legit is a, right. She is a, uh, she, she's, um, man, I got all thrown off now. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sure. I think she's, she's appreciated for what she is, but I don't think she's going to be like the, 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 the star of the company. She's, she's no Charlotte Flair. So right where she's at, I think is probably good. Maybe leaning to a little overrated. I'm going to go the other way. And I, to the point where I think I'm just going to go and say underrated. It's very close. I think that she's close to adequately rated where I start to lose people. 
is I think people really got soured on her after her run against Ronda Rousey. And we have talked about this, the second run of Ronda Rousey. The difference between the first run and the second run was go back and look at the people that Ronda Rousey was in big matches with. They had her in there with people who could lead matches and deliver big performances. Her match against Asuka was an absolute banger. Her match against Sasha Banks was a really underrated classic match. The triple threat before it kind of fell apart a little bit was building to be a good match, but again, there was no saving it at that moment when, during that WrestleMania. And her last match with Charlotte, I thought, was very good. Like some of the other stuff with that, with Ronda. I feel the sort of the same way about Liv Morgan. If you're asking Liv Morgan to lead matches, you might get yourself into a little bit of trouble. But her matches against Becky Lynch were very, very good. And I think people sleep on her a little bit for some of that. And yes, you can say, well, Becky Lynch has great matches with everybody. One, that's not entirely true. And two, you saw the stuff with her there. She can really, there's value to having somebody who can hold their own against top talent. And I feel like Liv Morgan, honestly, if you want to give Liv Morgan something to do, I might have her, she doesn't need to beat Asuka. But she could certainly have a good match. With, I think the two of them could have a great match. And Asuka is very good at being sort of that domineering bully. And Liv Morgan is very good from fighting underneath. I think there's there's something there that would be very, very good. But I'll say Liv Morgan, because of the shine, the fall-off after her title win, I think people are more down on her than they necessarily should be. Rylan, I'm excited to talk about this one, too. Logan Paul. So Logan Paul is impressive in the ring. We all, I think, can agree on that um, for what he is and the like experience he has. He's delivered some cool moments. Um, but I think the hype behind this guy is a little overrated at this point. His promos aren't great. He hasn't quite figured out how to talk to the people. The he, him being a heel is better than him being a babyface. But I mean, I just—it's not there for me fully. Like, don't get me wrong. I appreciate how seriously he takes this, and how he—you know—honestly, like his matches end up being spectacles. No matter who he goes in there with, even his appearance on the Rumble ended up being a spectacle because of the spot with Ricochet. Um, but I, I still think this guy's overrated. I, I don't think that we're, you know, I don't think that he needs to be world champion and I don't think we're going to get that. Nick Logan Paul. I'm going to go full cornet. Fuck that guy. I, I think, uh, I think he's overrated as, as a star. Like, I think people give him way too much credit for how popular he is because of the YouTube and everything else. In, in, <laughs> I mean, honestly, he's just, uh, he, he's, he, the dude's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, I think he's, uh, he, he, I, I'll give him credit where credit's due. He, he does take it very seriously, or maybe not so much the, the WWE aspect, but at least the in ring product he takes very seriously. Uh, it's clear that the dude is talented, he's got a great look to him, but he's not a wrestler. He is a really good celebrity guest. And <laughs> although 
uh, I did. There was a lot of talk about, uh, you know, Logan Paul is better than Dominic Mysterio, which was pretty funny, especially when, uh, you know, prior to Dominic finding his his way with Judgment Day. Um, but I just I, I don't want to see him on my TV. I really don't. I think he's overrated. And I think the, uh, a lot of people are probably in the same boat. But just like if, if, if I want to see somebody who can do some of the in-ring stuff and actually brings like a legitimate uh, like brings legitimate eyes to the company put bad bunny in there man bad bunny over logan paul any day so here's where i'm at because this is this is a tricky one for me i i'm gonna say overrated but i'm not gonna go necessarily as hard about logan paul as a character because he's a part-timer and he's a celebrity <laughs> and you know part-timers and celebrities have their place in wwe and always have where I think it's interesting for me is that people complain about people like Ricochet or Will Ospreay or whatever it is, giving them the moniker of Spot Monkey. And for a guy like Ospreay, it's absurd that they give him that moniker. They, they, those people clearly have not watched an actual Ospreay match because the psychology, the ring work, the, the technician work, yeah, he's in there doing some really ludicrous athletic spots because he is that athletic. But the wrestling match still has that feeling of a wrestling match. Logan Paul is a spot monkey. And that's no disrespect to him. There is absolute value to having a person like that on the card. But then you talk of him being, you know, a potential title contender or a potential, you know, winning matches against big name wrestlers like Going into SummerSlam as we're taping this, we have yet to see SummerSlam, and I suspect strongly that he's going to beat Ricochet, which to me uh, is just an absurd notion. We're going to get to Ricochet later, but that's my point. Is I think that's the problem, is that Logan Paul's heel work isn't necessarily that great. He just is a heel in real life, so people boo him. And there's value to that. Again, with Logan Paul, do I have a problem with him being on the card beyond any kind of like moral things where I any feelings about how I have Logan Paul as a person? Those set aside because, you know, I can say that about a lot of people who, who show up for these things. A lot of those, those old timers who show up, really every time we came, dons that mask, I got to remind myself of who exactly it is we're dealing with. But Logan Paul, in terms of. Mayor King. In terms of in-ring, Logan Paul has value, but for everybody who people call a spot monkey, that's not what that looks like. This is what that looks like. And there's value to that, but don't have him push him up the card beyond what we're talking about here. I'm going to say one good thing about Logan Paul. He's not Jake. (laughs) That's fair. I can't wait for Saturday to watch that fight. Oh, man, I don't think he's going to do very well, but that's neither here nor there. Rylan, The Miz. I, I'm going to go underrated. The Miz is a really great promo. Yes, it, like I, I feel the kind of the same way that uh, about The Miz that Kyle feels about L.A. Knight. In the ring, he's just fine. But, but I look at matches that he's had with Dolph Ziggler, especially during that Intercontinental title run that we talked about on the last episode, where... He's above fine. The stuff he's done with Daniel Bryan, above fine. Um, He's done some great stuff. And even his WrestleMania main event match with John Cena was a good match uh, leading into 
or the rock interfering and, and helping him win the match. Um, otherwise I had no problem with that match. I think that this guy constantly gets looked at much like Logan Paul probably does. Uh, he's the reality TV star who just so happened to fall into a wrestling career, but the fucking Miz has put in a lot of work and he's been a, a guy for that company, a soldier for that company for a long time, always on the front lines, always on the TV shows. He has his own reality show and I don't think he gets enough credit for the work he does. So the Miz for me is underrated. The Miz. I think, I think he's right. I think he's right where he's got to be, or where, where, where he should be. Um, I, I don't think I, I don't have any arguments with anything that Ryan said, but for me, I just think he's like he's he's been in the company for a long time, and he's always been. Well, I mean, other than you know the first few years where he's just getting bullied incessantly, like this is a dude he's he's won and held world championships. He's a great heel. He's got a hot Canadian wife. And other than that, man, there's like not much to him. He's get, he's had the same shtick for absolutely ever with the whole, you know, I'm better than you, Mr. Hollywood thing. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's anything more that I want to see from Miz. Uh, that being said, there's nothing wrong with that either. Like he is super dependable. He's always a, uh, he's, he's a workhorse, you know, he's, uh, very, very rarely been injured and he's, uh, he, he's very reliable, at least to that standpoint. And, uh, some of the, uh, some of the outside WWE media, he's, he's, he's an entertaining guy. I will give him that. Um, but for, as for being like underrated or under overrated or underrated, I, I don't think neither of those apply. I think he's completely what he needs to be. The Miz, I'll say, I'm going to say he's a little underrated. I do think he is. I'll say this. For anybody who wants to look back at this in the distant future, in a world where MJF decides to take WWE on that, on that big contract offer, MJF's ceiling in WWE is probably Miz level. I don't really see a huge distinction between the two in terms of, because I've heard the Miz off the cuff. He is very sharp and witty. He is entertaining speaker. He's, he's got all the talent there. He's restricted by what you're able to do in WWE. And MGF would be very watered down in WWE. And that's sort of the thing is I think The Miz is probably, is he a matched superstar? No, not really. He's not going to go out, and certainly if he has to lead a match, that's when you're getting into to questionable territory, and they've had him do that for a little bit. But go back and watch The Miz versus Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Uh, don't watch any more of that pay-per-view. WrestleMania 34's cursed show. But that opener was an absolute banger. And yes, he's in there with the probably the two best workers in the company at the time. But the Miz can hold his own against that kind of competition. Is a very great guy that you can trot out there and be a mid a solid upper mid card heel. And again, I think there's value in that. I kind of see him in the same way as Dolph Ziggler. Not in terms of match quality. Dolph Ziggler was a much better mat technician. 
but sort of at that level of a person that you can have a person beat and have it feel like a legitimate thing. And I think there's value to that. And I think people have fallen off on the Miz a little bit, but I do think that he is, he is very, very solid. I think Miz is harder to beat than Dolph Ziggler. Like if we were going like final video Ooh. game bosses, I'd take, I'd take Ziggler way faster than Miz. <laughs> Rylan, this is a, this is an interesting one. Montez Ford. Oh God. Uh, it's difficult because I really love the tag team, right? I, I think they work well together. I think that they, they complement each other really well. Um, but God, this guy is a charisma machine. Uh, both on the mic and in the ring and even on the apron. Like me and Mick went to a, uh, a house show in Kingston and they had a match and he just started gyrating. He just fell to the apron and started gyrating. And it was hilarious. Everyone loved it. Like this guy, he knows already how to grab the crowd. And I think that that's crucial for some of these guys coming up is a lot of them don't quite know how to do that. And this guy can do it with anything. Uh, he's got a, a, a bunch of, a bunch of tools in his toolbox. Okay. Um, I think that he's going to be a great solo star one day. I, I like me and Kyle have kind of gone back and forth on the street profits and who's going to be the star coming out of it or who's going to be the pushed one coming out of it. I still think to this day, Montez Ford is that guy. Uh, no, no knock on Angelo Dawkins. I think that guy's great. And I think that he's only improved since linking up with Montez Ford, but yeah, uh, I, I got to give it to Ford. I think this guy is underrated. Mick, if uh, if you ask me this when uh, Street Profits first came into NXT, I would have been like, "This guy's overrated. He's they're they're getting pushed too fast. They you know they're too green. Everything else." Uh, after seeing him in person, and the, the the pair of them were really really good. Like they've they're they're way better than they have any right to be. Um, Montez is still the standout though, so. Now you ask me, I'd say, you know, he's, he's underrated. Like he's not getting the shine that he should be yet, but I don't think, I don't think he minds because the street profits. And again, I think that's more, that's, that's more of an issue with WWE and you know, the way they treat their tag teams or tag team wrestling in general, because these guys are both really, really good. Um, I think the fact that he is so underrated, though, I think he's going to leave his tag team partner in the dust. I don't know if, Ann, if uh, Dawkins is going to get genetic, um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's going to be a tough call. But Montez Ford, I think he's got a shit ton of potential that I'm really hoping that we don't see uh, that get blown away. Something like Kofi Kingston. I'm going to say underrated too, obviously. I want to point out, Rallon, when we did have that debate, I was not saying Montez Ford wouldn't be the breakout star because he's not the better of the two or deserves to be the breakout star. It I, I is know, a cynical I know. take. Yes. I think that WWE looks at the two of them and sees Montez Ford in Montez Ford's frame and sees Angelo Dawkins in Angelo Dawkins' frame, and they make the decisions that WWE makes in those regards. Montez Ford, one, I think he has the best frog splash in wrestling right now, which is saying something. And two, yeah, the dude delivers. He's absolute charisma. He could be a superstar if they wanted him to be. And I'm not sure what the holdup is. I thought that there was an opportunity that he was going to get a singles push. It seems like that has halted completely. 
And this is the thing I want to point out. It's the thing that I think is very more important for the New Day than anybody else, but it's the thing that's always driven me up the wall with WWE. You don't have to break up a tag team or a group for a person to get a singles push. You don't have to. WWE just chooses to all the time. The New Day should continue to be the New Day in perpetuity, but you can still give each of those guys singles pushes. Why wouldn't you? It's the same thing with Street Profits. I absolutely... Montez Ford should be in the U.S. or IC title scene absolutely right away. And I do think there's more to what he could potentially be, but at least for starters, he should be in that conversation early on. And it's surprising that WWE sort of keeps waiting on him. Rylan, we'll try to keep this going as quick as possible. Mustafa Ali. Um, okay. So this one's hard because I, I think he's a really great worker. Um, I don't think character wise, he's ever developed into anything much. And that's not always necessarily on him, but um, I'm going to go overrated because Mustafa Ali's been in the WWE for a long time, and I haven't really seen anything. And, and this is like also like he just had a match with Gunther that was good, but it also it very much so felt like a match that he was up against the wall and he wasn't going to win anyway. And I'd like to see what it's like to feel like maybe he's got a chance. Uh, I don't know if that's coming for him, but for me, uh, a little bit overrated. Mick, Mustafa Ali. I really couldn't care either way. You know, he's done really nothing to wow me. He's, uh, you know, he's seems to be a, a, a great person, but since we're talking about the character of Mustafa Ali and not the, uh, the actor who portrays the, the individual. Um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't care either way. Uh, he's, he's, he's decent enough in the ring. Uh, he did some really cool shit during the uh, cruiserweight classic. Uh, that was, you know, years ago, uh, retribution was fucking horrendous, but again, that wasn't his fault. So I guess exactly where he should be. I think you guys are sleeping on Mustafa Ali a little bit. One, they have never given him a character in WWE. That's not true. He was smiling Mustafa (laughs) Ali for like a month. He couldn't get it over. I will say this. He was the hacker, the SmackDown hacker. Uh, There's some long-term storytelling right there. Oh, my goodness. So, going and watching... Mustafa Ali deliver promos away from the WWE sphere. It's clear this guy has tons of charisma, tons of desire and wants to be at that next level. WWE has never let him develop a character or do anything or build anything. I'll say this. I think for everything we talked about for Apollo Crews, I think Mustafa Ali is that... Not obviously the size is different, which is a big factor as to why he's not being pushed. But in terms of in-ring ability, I think we're talking about a similarly talented person. The difference is Mustafa Ali has so much charisma. They it's just been unseen in WWE, which is he is sort of the biggest tragedy of WWE. And it's unfortunate because I think there is so much more that is being left on the table with him. I think he I, am I saying he should be like a multi-time world champion? No. 
but he should be a mid-card workhorse, and he has had the opportunity, whenever he's had the opportunity to be that, go back and watch some of the stuff he did with Buddy Murphy back in the, the 205 Live days. I know it's 205 Live, it doesn't matter, but he was delivering in a huge way when they ever they gave him any kind of time or showcase. It's just that, you know, tree falls in the forest situation with Mustafa Ali. I think, I think there's still way more on the table with him. So I'll say he's underrated. Rylan, Natalia. Uh, Natalia's right where she, she should be. Um, like, she's had a, a few title runs. Have they been significant? No, not really. But also, she came in at a time when the women's wrestling wasn't significant. So a few of those title reigns existed in that time. Um, I think that she's a great character, obviously a great worker. They put her in there with everybody they you know want to see have a good match. And it, it usually always happens. Uh, the stuff she did with Charlotte was great. Becky Lynch, great. Um, I just, I think that at this point in her career, like, what more can we expect from Natalia? Uh, I, I would say, I, I'll say that and say also that the, you know, match with Rhea Ripley where they just threw the match out in like 45 seconds was ridiculous. But that being said, um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like she's, she's had a good career and now she's obviously in the twilight of that. So, I don't have any qualms about Natalia, neither here nor there. I don't think she's overrated. I don't think she's underrated either. Mick, Natalia. Probably about the same. Um, I I, I, I want to kind of lean over and say that I think that she's um, underrated slightly. Um, but she's had a decent career. Like there's, there's been absolutely nothing wrong with, uh, anything that she's, that she's, oh, okay. She's had some stankers, especially earlier in her career, but, uh, she's really, she's, she's the female vet of WWE. Um, I mean, obviously that those who, who's still sitting there actively going at it. So I can't really see her doing much more. Um, but she's not fairly or she's not unfairly treated. So it's, it probably, yeah, just, just along where she's at, maybe slightly towards the underrated because she is very, very technically uh, talented. Uh, she's obviously got that the, 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 the heart family history riding behind her, um, but it's nothing that she's not musty TV either. So Natty is the ultimate safe pair of hands. She is very dependable and reliable. You can put her against anybody and she's going to deliver in a solid match. I think she's about where she should be as well. I think it's tougher because I feel like if I'm looking over the course of her career as an entirety, I do think Natalia gets overlooked a bit too often. But at this stage in her career, I think she's... I mean, they still give her occasional title matches. That is a testament to them clearly believing that she can can go out there and deliver. I, that, I agree with you. The Rhea Ripley thing was kind of ridiculous. But I think that she continues to have value in WWE, and that's why they continue to have her. Another interesting one, Ryland, Nikki Cross. Um, here's the thing with Nikki Cross for me is outside of the Oscar match in NXT, I've never seen her have a great match. So I'm 
I'm going to be quick on this one. I, I think Nikki Cross is overrated. Nick? I don't necessarily think that she's overrated. Um, I just don't think that she's... I don't think she's got much of a place on the card, really. I mean, they've tried a couple of different things with her. Um, her little... Uh, her, her stint with the, the sanity and the like the crazy Nikki Cross was... Uh, was I don't know if it was necessarily well-received, but it was something decent. Her... Uh, her theme song was fucking killer. Um, but other than that, like there's just, she's still got a job. So that's good. You know, she's not necessarily featured very often. She's definitely not taking a threat. Um, the almost superhero did absolutely nothing for me. Um, and I don't think that it was super well received from the crowd other than she had a bit of a, 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 a little mini push there. I mean, she was, she was a champion at one point, which was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, not not really much to say about here. There, she's uh, she's she's okay. I'll say that she's about where she's at, but I would lean underrated with with Nikki Cross. And the big reason why is that character with the sanity and the NXT and her, even her early WWE stuff. She got called up in a very weird way. I don't know if you remember her call up, but it was with the quote unquote NXT six. She was called up in the same group as EC three was in that group. Oh yeah, Otis oh, yeah. and Tucker were that was, in that group. Uh, I think Lacey Evans was in that group too. They were cursed. That was a rough call up. They Those just threw a bunch of people there, and they were cursed. But Nikki Cross, when she was allowed to be that sort of you know rabid character, she was incredibly unique. Especially in the women's division. You never really saw a character like that come along before. And she wrestled in a very entertaining way. She was like a house on fire when, when she had her matches. I think it was always going to be trouble maintaining that particular character. And I think there's more to her than that. But the superhero thing felt like such a... It was... It reminded me very much of... There's very much a, hey, we like, you like the hurricane, right? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a long time ago in a very different wrestling landscape. And also, he got that character over in part just because he happened to be, have really good comedic timing with, with specific people. Like he was great with The Rock, but. I don't think that kind of character is easy to work with in the modern WWE. It can be done, but it requires everybody to be super committed with it. But those kind of gimmicky characters are very, very tricky to pull off. And I, f- I feel like WWE never took it seriously. So they had no chance there. It's true. Rylan, Otis. Overrated. I don't see what the company sees in this guy. Don't get me wrong. He's funny. Uh, he has his moments but like giving him money in the bank like what the fuck was i know it was the pandemic and everything was weird but like holy god what was that and only to have him lose it to the miz so what did it actually mean um no i i i just i don't see what the company sees in him um a comedy character sure but like an overall in-ring guy i just don't see it and I've kind of always felt that way about Otis. So that's my take. Uh, overrated for sure. Mick, Otis. Uh, for me, 
Otis is underrated. Just to play devil's advocate, because I've seen what he can do. I've seen him in person. The dude is a fucking monster. He's funny. And I still think, even though they te- they only teased a little bit of it, where uh, you know he was potentially going towards the maximum male models, I'm very surprised and I'm happy on how that worked out, uh, having uh, Maxine Dupree come over to the Elf Academy instead. That being said, I would not have hated Otis in the, uh, in the Max Male models because the dude's got wicked comedy chops. Do I think he's going to be the world heavyweight champion? Nope. But he's super entertaining. He's an absolute monster of a man. And come on, the Caterpillar? Like, holy shit. <laughs> like, um, I definitely did not think that uh, heavy machinery would go very far. But I was even more surprised that when they split, uh, Tucker was the one that, to leave. So um, I think he's. I, I think people kind of sleep on him. To be honest, he's getting a, a decent push right now with the comedy chops, but uh, he's 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 a solid hand. His interaction with Chad Gable has been very very impressive. It was unfortunate that the uh, the result of it happened at a WrestleMania that was had no people there. But the Mandy Rose Otis storyline was honestly really, really good. People sleep on how that was a solid long-term booking with a great payoff with people that weren't at a very high, highly seen level at that period of time. I thought that was, it was very good to have, you know, other stories running in the background that weren't revolved around the title, especially involving female talent. Didn't see that very often there. Also, people slept slept on heavy machinery. That tag team should have been a lot bigger than they ever were. They were a solid team of guys who could deliver solid work. But again, same thing as Nikki Cross. They were called up way too quickly, given they basically just sort of ran with Otis as this goofball, which was fine. He's he's more than capable of playing that comedy character. But those two, especially for how they considered the tag team titles at the time, that they never had a tag title run is ridiculous. I think Otis is underrated. I think that, again, I agree. I'm not talking about a main eventer here, but is can Otis deliver solidly? Is he great with Chad Gable? Is he able to take, you know, what little time they give him and make it at very least entertaining to watch? Absolutely. He can do that. The WWE had odd pushes with him. The money in the bank never made any sense, but... Otis has taken what he's been given and delivered in an entertaining way, at very least. And I feel like that's all you can ask for. Rylan, Rhea Ripley. Oh. Uh, Rhea Ripley's right where she, she belongs. She's a star. And the company knows she's a star. She knows she's a star. The crowd knows she's a star. Um, I think that the run she's had with Judgment Day has been fantastic. I think uh, all credit, you know, some credit to Dominic Mysterio. I think the pairing of the two of them has been really great for her and really great for him. But I think that uh, she's done really well with what she's had in front of her. The match with Charlotte at WrestleMania was, in my eyes, a five-star match. One of the, if not the best women's wrestling match of the year so far. Um yeah, like, uh, I just, I think that she's phenomenal. I'm a big, big fan. And I think that, I, I certainly don't think she's underrated, and I don't think she's overrated either. So I think she's right where she belongs. Mick, Rhea Ripley. Okay, so I've been a fan of Rhea Ripley 
probably since the beginning. I wanted her to win the Rumble when even b- before she was being considered as the as like the next big big deal. Um, and I do know that me and Ryan have had disagreements about Rhea in the past. Now that being said. Clearly, she's been proven uh, more of a star. Uh, you know, maybe she's uh, she said some things out in the uh, the open media that she maybe should not have referred to. Um, but when we're talking about the character Rhea Ripley rather than the person, I still think that she's underrated. So they're giving her her due right now. She's exactly where she needs to be. But I'm concerned for her after Judgment Day. Don't get me wrong. I think that she's going to be the standout star of Judgment Day. When the everything's said and done, Damien Priest doesn't hold a candle to her. Dominic Mysterio doesn't hold a candle to her. And Finn's had his glory days. So I think when everything is said and done, Rhea is still going to rise to the top. But I don't think she's going to be in that same... She's not going to be as same importance. So right now, I think she's exactly where she needs to be. But I think that, that she is still underrated. I'll say that she's about where she should be. No knock on her. I think she's fantastic. And personally, I hope whatever comes of this stuff with Shane and Baszler, I wouldn't mind them rehashing that because I thought those two in NXT seemed to have very, very solid chemistry. And if we can get back to that sort of dominant choking people out, Shayna Baszler against Rhea Ripley, who is a force in her own right, I think you could have some really, really good matches there. Uh, I think Rhea, it's tricky because this is one I might want to revisit after her title run is over to see if people are still talking about her in that, those high of highs. Cause I do think if that can, if she continues to get the sort of glowing reviews that she has deserved recently, I think people see here about where she should be, but well, if that doesn't maintain itself, then maybe we can, there's something worth revisiting. Rylan ricochet. Ooh, this one's fun because I love ricochet. I really do. I, I really love the um, the high-flying capability of him. And in-ring, this guy is great. Um, I would normally, given the fact that I don't think he's a good promo, say he's overrated. But this is a guy who all he needs is a manager. All he needs is a manager to talk this guy up and go out and be ricochet every week. And he's going to be a star like he already is in that aspect. Like every time he gets in the ring with anybody, it's an exciting match. Good stuff with AJ Styles. Um, We don't like to talk about Velveteen Dream on this program, but there's no doubt that that was a great match and a great feud. Um, The stuff in that original ladder match that he debuted in for the North American title, like that was fantastic. I just don't think it's ever translated on the main roster the same level that it did in NXT. Um, and I really wish that they would give him someone to talk for him. Because, I mean, no knock on the guy, but, like, he's tried. And I don't think he's a great talker. I just think that he's amazing in the ring. So, with if he had a manager... Or, or sorry, it, like, I would like him to have a manager. I think he's underrated because he doesn't have one. So that's where I'm sitting with Ricochet. Nick, Ricochet. Um, I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, Ricochet is like we were we were talking about Will Osprey earlier, and just just slightly, and we talked about how you know kind of people sleep on that and they just think they're they're spot monkeys. Ricochet's got 
a lot of the same attributes, which is why him and Osprey work so well together. And I think the people that call them the spot monkeys, they're the ones that just have seen the YouTube package when they're wrestling on the indies and they, they do their, their backflips and they're, they're kind of mirroring each other in the ring, which is a really cool spot. But again, it's, it's, it's flash. It's all, there's, there's no function to it. Um, he, he's he's another one that kind of suffered the curse of NXT gold to the main roster call-up because he's 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 a he's a smaller guy he really is he's not a, he's not a very large dude he's um he's he shredded the dude's absolutely in phenomenal shape and he's uh, like like absolutely freaky athletic um but I think that's really all there is to him because again as Ryan mentioned like he's he's not a great promo he doesn't uh really make it believable within the aspect that, you know, he can take some of these giants, but I think if the booking were on his side, he could be, you know, he, he literally could be the next Ray Mysterio if people didn't sleep on him. So I'm actually going to say he's probably a little underrated, um, but not under appreciated. If that makes sense, he's definitely underutilized though. I will give that. I think Ricky is underrated. Rylan alluded to that, that build, and the Velveteen Dream thing. The greatest promo that Ricochet ever did was flipping out of the ring, walking up to Velveteen Dream and saying, then show me, when Dream suggested that he could do anything that Ricochet could do. And that's the reality of Ricochet, is that he is such a show-don't-tell guy, and then they try to... Because everyone has to tell in WWE. And again... The lack of managers in WWE has been such a huge problem. And we're going to talk about some other stuff uh, with other people later in that regard. But it's the thing that Brock Lesnar got to benefit from having Paul Heyman in the same way that let's not sleep on the fact that Roman Reigns absolutely benefits from having Paul Heyman. And a lot of people have benefited from having very good managers there. Ricochet is another one who would benefit from having good managers. And also, and this is incredibly important, not everybody needs to deliver long promos. He can just be a guy who is great in the ring. I don't know that I need a bigger story from him than that. His place in in WWE makes a lot of sense because this guy is, you know, as athletic as anybody who's ever been in that company before. I don't know that he's he's ever not had credibility as a wrestler in that regard, so I don't understand why we need to have him, oh, well, he can't go out there and talk for five minutes about how he's going to win the IC championship, so clearly he shouldn't, he doesn't deserve it. It's a ridiculous notion and continues to be a little bit of an antiquated idea. We, we don't begrudge Ray Phoenix for not being able to deliver great promos because he goes out in the ring and gives you all the charisma and all of the ability and all of the sensational uh, athleticism that he needs to in the ring and tells the story there. Let Ricochet tell the story in the ring. That's always been his biggest strength. And now we get to Roman Reigns. Rylan, where are we doing, where are we putting Roman Reigns? He's right where he belongs. This guy, if you would have asked me five years ago, I would have said overrated. For sure, overrated. Um, and I think that there's a lot to be said for the run that he's had. As, as over it as I am, and trust me, I'm fucking over it. Um, 
the guy has developed himself into quite the character, quite the actor, and he's been able to deliver promos fantastically. Like you said, like a lot of credit to Paul Heyman, but like he hasn't relied on Paul Heyman either. There, when he has to go out there and talk, he does it and he does it okay, like more than okay, he does it pretty good. Um, and I think, you know what, a lot of that is the pandemic and all the time he spent away from all the crowd. Like, he got to learn how to talk to the people. And I think that that you've got to give credit where credit is due. This guy has turned himself into a legit Hall of Famer. Um, the storyline has overstayed its welcome, but it is still consistently pretty all right television. SmackDown numbers are up. It's not like he's not selling merch. It's not like he's not doing the, the numbers that you know, you want your main star to do. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, I'm over it, but I I'd say he's right where he belongs. Nick Roman Reigns. Honestly, uh, Reigns is the, the, the current day of Roman Reigns is who Vince McMahon wanted in 2015, 2016. He's, uh, what was pushed down our throats. Just unfortunately, uh, Vince kind of wanted the, the big, the you know the big baby face champion that can overcome anything and he's just you know he he won everything for no reason so i think the way he is right now uh Rylan had a good point about the, the the you know overstaying the welcome but i think that his being a part-time status or you know relatively part-timer definitely works in his favor um I'm glad they introduced a secondary world championship because it, I don't think it was fair to the rest of the roster that you had a part-timer holding the belt. However, WWE has been known for that as well. I am going to say he is probably exactly where he belongs because a lot of people would probably say that he's overrated when they get sick and tired of him. And I would have said the same again, probably to, to 2015, 2016 when everyone was talking shit about reigns, the rest of the industry was basically telling us we were all wrong. We were sleeping on him because he's such a great in-ring talent. Um, obviously we don't necessarily see the behind the lines. You don't see the calls and he's not as loud as John Cena. So you don't usually hear that anyway. Um, but I reigns is the man. He's the top star of the WWE and, uh, he's finally believable in that role. And I think maybe a little more, a little more believable, say last year before, you know, the, the, the last, you know, 300, 400 days of his, on all of all time great reign but um man he's 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 their dude i got nothing against it this is gonna be my biggest hot take of this entire day oh here we go the difference between 2018 roman reigns and 2023 roman reigns is booking and nothing else roman reigns has always been able to like since the shield days deliver big bursts and power spots He's been able to put together some very entertaining stuff. Was he an amazing wrestler at that time? No, but he was a great hot tag, a really, really good hot tag. And he was able to be quietly confident and say a few words at any given time and deliver them with an authority and gravitas that made people pay attention to him. He's always been able to do that. Then they had to give him long-winded ridiculous baby face promos that didn't sound like they were written by a person or written for a, like he didn't sound like a person at any point in the 2015, 2016 run because they had him scripted to the word and having to talk like 
like whatever catchphrases a bunch of writers in the room had bounced off and he had to be the person to say them. Suffering succotash. You want to say it. You want to say it, Kyle. Like, I mean, that, that goes to what I'm saying. Like, that never sounded like a person. So in that time, I would have said that oh, Roman Reigns was underrated because he was able to deliver solid, not amazing, but solid matches. He was able to deliver decent promos when he didn't have to be the person to go through suffering succotash or whatever other nonsense they were having him say every week and could just be quietly confident and could say a few words and then deliver them with authority. And guess what he is now? A guy who is quietly confident, can deliver a few words with authority, and who has a domineering presence. Like, wow, you booked Roman Reigns like you should have booked Roman Reigns from the start. I'm super impressed. Where I get a little bit... When we're talking about Roman Reigns as putting him on the pedestal as, you know, one of the best things going in wrestling. Here's what I'll say. From a perspective of a person like me who watches pay-per-views but not week-to-week shows, I am sure that he is a big part of your week-to-week enjoyment of SmackDown. But when I show up for the main event of a show, it's been a lot of fine. And there's no knock on fine, but he main events every show, and every main event, therefore, is fine. That's at that point I have to I have to say at this point we're looking at Roman Reigns as though he's this completely different person. He is certainly more experienced than he was at the time, but so much of Roman Reigns' difference between Roman Reigns then and now is presentation. And if they had presented him well in the first place, he wouldn't have needed to be a heel. So, yeah, at this point, we talk about Roman Reigns in a higher capacity than I think his his match matches necessarily warrant, because especially now that we've run into this, all of those matches have felt like the same. And Cody should have won. The Cody match, the Sami Zayn match, the Kevin Owens matches, the Seth Rollins match, like, they're all very much felt the same. Roman starts out dominant. The babyface composes themselves, starts to build things up. A distraction happens. The babyface's fight off the distraction gives Roman Reigns just enough time to pick up a victory. Told over 20 minutes, rinse and repeat. You know, when you put it wow. like that, he's actually almost like, he's almost like the reverse Cena. You're talking like, it's like, it's super Cena, really. Mm-hmm. It's just with a different thing. And my God, he needs to change his gear. Uh, and I'll say this. I'm not going to say that Roman Reigns is bad. Far from it. He's an, He is excellent in this role, and he is being booked incredibly well and put in a position where he can succeed in a way that he was never put in in the, in the babyface days, which goes to show, again, WWE only knows how to write one babyface, and it's always bad. But if we're talking about... like it, even today, is Roman Reigns a talker at the level of a Kevin Owens? Absolutely not. Is he a talker at the level of Sami Zayn? Absolutely not. Is he a talker at the level of Cody? No, he isn't. And if we talk about some of those guys who I named just now, Zayn, Owens, Cody, they're all better in the ring than Roman is. 
Roman's more powerful in there. He looks bigger. That's cool. But I mean, this is this is the big thing about the WWE style of wrestling is. And that's part of the problem. I just don't really enjoy that style of wrestling. And the best part of the, the changes of the Paul, of the Triple H era is getting to infuse more of the indie style into the WWE style. But Roman Reigns wrestles like Roman Reigns always has. And he is better at it now. But part of it is that there's, there's just not more to it than that. Wow. And again, if you're watching week to week, you probably strongly disagree with me because you are entertained by Roman Reigns on a weekly basis. But when I show up at pay-per-view time and I'm here playing catch-up, it's not the same experience. Wow. Good for... Wow, that was a good one. (laughs) We'll move on. Sami Zayn, Rowan. Ooh. Uh, Underrated. Definitely underrated. And I think never more so prominent, underrated than this year. This guy had an amazing year. He turned his character around completely. It was like from that Johnny Knoxville match to where he was at, you know, a year later was ridiculous. Um, this guy found a way to connect with the the audience and blow the socks off everybody. Uh, it's unfortunate he wasn't the guy to take down Reigns um, because, like, we talk about Cody and how Cody should have won. Yes, Cody should have won, but so should have Sami Zayn. And uh, I think that that's always going to be a little bit of a a sore spot for fans of Sami Zayn. So I'm just definitely going to say oh, underrated. Mick, Sami Zayn. Ooh. All right. So here's Mick's hot take. Cause let me preface this. I do not dislike Sami Zayn. I think that he's great. He's entertaining to see, but he's got either. He's got, he's got two modes to me. He's got either spunky uh, underdog that you know is going to try to fight all odds and probably come up short or he's the annoying asshole in the ring that you just want to shut up Sami Zayn to me is overrated and it's not a, like I said it's not a dislike of the character I just think that he's he he has a ceiling that he's trying to bust through I just, again, I can't see him as a world champion. I wanted to see him beat Reigns because especially the, you know, the, the entire trial of Sami Zayn was absolutely fantastic TV and I will give him all the props for it. That feud was fucking phenomenal. However, it was very apparent that he wasn't going to win even as much as we all wanted him to. And I could not see him as the guy dethroning him, even though in the bottom of my heart, I wanted him to, but I think he's overrated. Sami Zayn is the ultimate sign of a WWE system that is fundamentally broken. (laughs) But Sami Zayn doesn't look like a champion. Then you need to figure out what a champion looks like. And I mean, by that point, if Sami Zayn doesn't look like a champion, then I mean, I've got some tapes of the '93 of WrestleManias in you know '92 and '93 that I can show you about somebody who looks like a champion. I'll say this: Sami Zayn, where he's at his best, and what Sami Zayn is able to deliver that 
it is impossible to deliver in wrestling, especially in the WWE in the modern era, is Sami Zayn is believably earnest. And for a babyface to be believably earnest in the 21st century, believably earnest babyfaces are, I think, to be honest with you, um, in WWE at that world championship level, it's him and Daniel Bryan. That's the list. And yeah, is he the same level of technician as Daniel Bryan is? No, but he's not that far off in terms of wrestling talent. And the reality is, is that they took the ultimate babyface in Sami Zayn and turned him into a heel. And despite the fact that they gave him so many terribly ridiculous segments, darn it if he didn't if he didn't sell me on that too. He is just so charismatic that he was able to be a heel despite everything. Um, to me, Sami Zayn is still underrated because Sami Zayn is emblematic of the fact that there is a ceiling in WWE for people who are Sami Zayn-sized, and that's why, until that changes, until we can believe the Sami Zayn's or the Johnny Gargano's or the Finn Balor's as world championship material, then WWE is going to be left in the past because those people of those sizes are world champions everywhere else. And we believe it. So why not here? That being said, his bloodline theme was a fucking banger. <laughs> Like yeah, I, I'm a little. I'm, I get a little, a little defensive with some of the stuff with Sami Zayn. And yes, his his NXT run was truly amazing, and everything he's done with Kevin Owens, all of that stuff has been great. Whether they're friends or enemies, they are destined to do this forever. But to me, Sami Zayn, the tragedy of it is that a Sami Zayn title run that could have included. Matches against, oh, who knows? Like, Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre would be amazing. Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins would be an amazing barnstormer of a match. Obviously, Kevin Owens. I think we need to see that again. Or, putting another spin on it, Sami Zayn versus Cody Rhodes. Is Cody Rhodes willing to bring down everybody's favorite to complete his story? How much is the story worth? That would have been a way more entertaining story at WrestleMania than the one we got. A hundred percent. Even a triple threat between the three of them would have been a better story than what we got. And yeah, that's, I feel like there's, there's so much to a Sami Zayn character because you have somebody in WWE who's believably earnest baby face and Lord knows WWE has never been able to pull that off. And I don't understand why, when they, one falls into their lap like that, they just sort of like, yeah, but we already made the t-shirts. Did you consider that we already made the t-shirts? <laughs> I just want to make my point clear that I don't dislike Sami Zayn before I eat oh, a no, maker not, from Kyle. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not accusing you of disliking Sami Zayn. I'm just saying from my <laughs> perspective, I Sami Zayn to me, like I remember watching Sami Zayn, do those silly little dances in their 
um, while he was that heel character wearing the 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 Che Guevara outfit every week, talking about uh, as a as a WWE truther for some reason, and yet he still managed to make that character entertaining because whenever Sami Zayn would be on screen, he'd find a way to make it entertaining because he's just that charismatic. Yeah, it's tough though. It's it's very tough because the ceiling being there for Sami Zayn for me has always been, and there's been others as well, but that's just to me a sign that WWE is still stuck in that Hulk Hogan mindset more than they really should be. Rylan, Santos Escobar. Uh, underrated. Although I think this guy's on the come up. I think we're going to get a, a, like some mid-car title reigns from this guy, and I think he could definitely make his way towards the main card. Uh, like This guy's phenomenal every time he gets in the ring. So, I've... And I've always been a big fan. Like I think he's super charismatic as well. He's a good promo group already. So like it's not like he doesn't have all the pieces to be the world champion. Uh, or a world champion. Um, but I do definitely think that there's going to be like a mid-card title reign in between that. So I think there's more to this guy. I think some of that may have to, to be cut, but you were kind of glitching out there a little bit around. Um, Mick. Mick. Um, I agree with Ryland, even though he was cutting out the whole time. <laughs> um, honestly, I, uh, I haven't really seen enough of San Escobar to have an opinion really uh, either either way um dude's got uh, some serious potential and he's uh he, he's he's pretty sweet in the ring uh i mean he's like he's my ic champion in my 2k series right now so uh but yeah uh, so I'd, I'd like to see more but uh, i really i i don't have an opinion either way on him so i i mean maybe that maybe that means that he's where he should be but uh yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I got nothing against the guy either way, so let's uh, let's see what else he can do. Uh, the uh, the the Latin World Order thing is really interesting to me. I think the uh, there there's definitely potential there to bring a little bit more of that uh, like the, the Faction Wars to WWE that they've liked to kind of avoid at some points. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Santos Escobar to me is about where he, I, I I think he's he's as. Uh, enjoyed as, as he, he probably should be. I don't think he's overrated, certainly. But I think that to me, the concern is that the character is always a little bit one note. And so I would like I'd like to see what he does sort of in a different role. But he's a great wrestler, obviously. And, and I'm never going to knock a person who's great in the ring. But I guess we'll, we'll sort of wait and see with, with what happens with his current push. Hopefully he does, in fact, get one. And this is a guy who I think should be a, a workhorse title contender, certainly. But I'll say this. If we're saying that Santos Escobar is a future world champion, again, he's got the same glass ceiling all those other guys I named is. He's smaller than Sammy is. So... Um, Rylan, here's an interesting one. Seth Rollins. Um, right where he should be. Like, this guy, I don't think the company looks at him like he's 
anything more than a star. I think the crowd is definitely taken to him at this point. I mean, like me and Mick did, uh, saw him wrestle a match in Kingston, Ontario for a crowd out of what? Maybe 10,000 people. Oh shit. If that, uh, off the top of my head, I don't know how much like it actually holds, but, um, I'm thinking like, but there was regardless though, it was, it was loud for him. Good stuff. It, it was, it was very loud. And he's, uh, the dude absolutely oozes and bleeds charisma. Um, he was definitely, he was the main event and, uh, you know, you could definitely tell that he belonged in that spot. Going back uh, around. so I would definitely say, uh, he's right where he belongs. Cool. Um, Mick, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I've got, uh, I, he's he's exactly where he belongs. I mean, he's. Um, I, I would have said maybe prior to him coming up to, uh, I'd say maybe maybe the, maybe the match he got injured. He or uh, prior prior to that, I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking of, uh, of of timelines now. I think he was probably in that underrated uh, category, um, but he's 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 a mainstream. Uh, WWE star. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's come a very far away since the days of Tyler Black. Dude's another absolutely incredible athlete. Um, we've talked about this in the past before, but I mean, he is legitimately larger in life than you could have ever imagined. Uh, you, you think that he's about average size, average height? You know, he's just you know pretty pretty um, physically looking or physically gifted. Um, but no, the, the dude's a monster. Like his 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 back is huge too. Uh, there's not really many people that that can make him look small and with the interesting character twists that he puts on to his, uh, his, his gimmicks, um, you know, he plays that mad hatter, super, um, lavish individual very well. So putting that with his, uh, obvious, uh, in ring acumen, um, He's 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 got no issues, man. Like I don't think he's he should be treated any differently. I think he, it's exactly where he needs to be, and uh, I I don't think they put. I do not think that the WWE made a mistake when they put that secondary world title on him. I'm gonna say that Seth Rollins is underrated, and the reason I'm gonna say that is exactly what you said. The word secondary world title. So. Here's an interesting thing about Seth Rollins that I'm not sure anyone can remember. Not just world title. What was the last? T- what was the last time that Seth Rollins held a title before he held this world heavyweight title? Uh, he was the IC champion not too long ago, was he not? Oh, you were right. He was briefly the IC. Oh, right. He was in that whole. Was he the U.S. champion? I can't remember. He was in that whole mess. He was the U.S. champion twice, the IC champion twice, the, the Universal champion twice. And now yeah, gonna- but it's it's yeah, it has been a while. I'll say since he was at least a world world championship level. I think he briefly won it when they were having that Austin Theory Bobby Lashley thing, but. Regardless, my point. Oh, no, no, the last time he held the world title was the last time he held the world titles uh, when he lost to the Fiend. Yes, that's my point. It's been quite a while since we've seen Seth Rollins at that highest level, and frankly, the fact that we don't even consider Seth Rollins a possibility for beating Roman Reigns says everything we need to say about where Seth Rollins is at. Seth Rollins should be at that level, and the fact that he isn't is. 
until we get to the point where the World Heavyweight Championship is going to be main eventing a pay-per-view, which we never will, until Roman Reigns takes his break, then we can't say that Seth Rollins is at the level that he deserves to be. Seth Rollins should be main eventing pay-per-views. And, yeah, it's more emblematic of WWE being WWE than anything else, but Seth Rollins is on Roman Reigns' level, except that he's also a better worker and a better talker, and just clearly can play a better babyface. I don't want to be that guy, but, like, yeah. Honestly, he might be a better heel, too. It's pretty close, though. He's good anyway, no matter what he does. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is that the people who are just consistently good at everything, I think he's sort of in the same camp as, as Kevin Owens to me. Is it's just people who are good at everything. I don't understand why we wouldn't push him more. But yeah, he has I was really surprised, sorry, that um, uh, when it came down to like who the, the the top star of the Shield was going to be, I was actually really surprised that they didn't lean harder on Seth and they were pushing Roman. Like when that was the whole like get Roman off TV angle, like in you know sixteen seventeen, where was, everyone was sick of his babyface stick. I was like, man, why are they? They've got Rollins. Use him. And that was the thing is that everyone talked about how Seth Rollins is a natural heel. Maybe that was true early on, but watch him wrestle. He doesn't wrestle like a heel. He never really has. Uh, anyway, Rylan, Shayna Baszler. Underrated. Definitely underrated. I think that as a character, she has proven herself time and time again to be legitimate and terrifying. Um, and honestly, like in the ring, she's one of the best they have on the roster. They've not utilized her to the proper degree that they could have on the main roster. She had a great NXT run, uh, but NXT is not making, you know, your career. So if we're looking at main roster stuff, I definitely think she's underrated. I think the fans have kind of like just gone whatever with her, which is sad because I think she's great. Um, And I definitely think the match with her and Ronda is probably going to shock more people than uh, expected. I think that this is going to be a really good match. So um, I'm going to say for that underrated. Nick, Shayna Baszler. I just really hope she wins that Ronda match because I'm so sick of Ronda Rousey. Um, That being said, I think she's another one of the, the victims that falls through, you know, better in NXT. Because she had a hell of a run down in NXT. She was completely undefeatable, very similar to Asuka, and um, hasn't really done a whole lot on the main roster. You know, she's uh, she's she's definitely overlooked, I believe. Um, man, she just really hasn't had any of the star power. Maybe it's because, you know, she's not a gorgeous diva walking around. You know, she's kind of got a more, a harder look on her. She's uh, definitely one of the, uh, the older women in the, uh, in, in, on the roster. And I don't think that she gets her, her dues. Uh, I don't know if she's underrated necessarily though, but there's definitely more they could do with her. Um, and I hope that she's taken a little more seriously in the future. I'll say Shayna Baszler's underrated. I'm, I'm, I was sort of torn back and forth. I do think that people view Shayna Baszler because of that NXT run as, as very, very good. And I think she deserves that, but yeah, I think she's gotten a little bit lost in the shuffle and, and sort of out of sight, out of mind a little bit in her most recent run as very much, you know, played second fiddle to Ronda Rousey. 
I am interested to see how this goes in terms of if she's going to be doing a baby face run after this, because Shayna Baszler is so such a good heel. I feel like that doesn't make the most sense in the world. But I don't know. She's perfectly charismatic when I've seen her outside of the world of WWE, so maybe they can find a way to make that work. I have questions because I always have questions with WWE and some some of those things. But yeah. Um, I think Shayna Blazer's underrated. If she wants to be a face, she has to act exactly as she does on her YouTube channel and just be like the veteran that teaches everyone everything and brings one of the ones up that put her with Shotzi, someone who's maybe not super talented or, you know, super well-respected, I guess, by the, the bigger community, have her be like the veteran and bring her up or like a Liv Morgan or something like that. But I think Liv Morgan's past that point in her career. But uh, I think that would be a great way to turn uh, Baszler face. Rylan, Seamus. Um, I think if you would have asked me in like 2016, I would have said overrated. But I think he's right where he belongs. Uh, this guy always interested me in one way, shape, or form. I, I very much so remember his debut on the main roster. He won a battle royale to face John Cena at, uh, I believe, TLC in a tables match. And that was his first WWE title reign, was beating John Cena in a tables match very unexpectedly. Um, I feel like Sheamus takes a lot of shit for uh, guys, or for, for programs that were never going to work. The stuff with Randy Orton, never going to work. The, 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 the styles were too similar. Um, stuff with Reigns, never going to work. But he's proven that he can be a very capable Haas wrestler and a very capable tag team uh, like wrestler over time. And I think that he's definitely had a Hall of Fame-worthy career. He's been world champion multiple times, won the Rumble, won the King of the Ring. Like he's ha- He has a lot of accomplishments, so... I think that if Sheamus was to retire tomorrow, he can hang his head high on his career. And I think he's right where he belongs. Mick, Sheamus. Uh, Sheamus? You know, he's he's hard on me because Sheamus has never been my favorite wrestler. Um, and, and again, I mean, this is all personal opinion anyway, right? So, I mean, I don't think he's by far the worst either. He's, he's very upper mid card. Um, I think he's uh, for for me personally. I, I like I don't really give a shit about the 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 brutes anymore. I kind of want to see an end to that. Um, but I also don't know without the brutes, where does that leave Sheamus now? Uh, he's getting to that age where you know it's it's getting time there. He might have to uh, turn in the towel too. And I don't know, man. Like he's he's had a good run. Like I mean, I have I if they announce him as uh, as an inductee into the Hall of Fame because he's just decided to call it quits. I don't think anyone that, that can argue that he's not worthy. So, I mean, like, he's, I, mean, I, th- I think he is, he's just as Ryan was saying, man, it's, he's, he's right where he should be. I don't think that uh, we're necessarily going to see him with the uh, world title anymore. Um, probably in that upper mid card. I still think that if he won that triple threat between him, Drew and uh, Gunther, it wouldn't have made, or it would not have not made sense. If that makes sense, <laughs> but like, you know, it, 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 that was like the the one match 
on that card that really was one of those, I don't care who wins, whoever wins this belt, it's going to be decent. Like, of course, I, I don't want Guther, Gunther's reign to end, but if it has to end to someone, Seamus or uh, Drew are the perfect guys for it. So, I don't know, man. He's, he's, he's a lad, man, but, uh, you know, I just, yeah, I think he's exactly where he needs to be. If you had asked me before Clash of the Castle, I would have said that Seamus is underrated. I didn't come up in the early Seamus. I came up with Seamus in the bar, and the bar was great. Everyone sleeps. If people who sleep on the bar, the bar was great. They were a very, very good tag team. And yeah, Seamus wasn't as effortlessly cool as Claudio is, because I don't know if there are people that are. But, but yeah, Seamus is getting his due now, I think. That Clash of the Castle match was a really, really good match. The The triple threat was something else. I think it was even better, to be honest with you. But, yeah, Sheamus it, getting his due at this point in time is very, very good to see. And I think people are seeing him about where at the level he should be. Rylan. Shotzi. Ooh, here's my hot take of the night. Um... I think Shotzi's overrated. I think that she has had some cool moments in WWE, but when given the opportunity to shine, I feel like she has fumbled it a couple times. Um, the overall like wrestling community, I feel like is way too hard on this lady, but I think that in the grand scheme of things, she is overrated right now. I think there's room for improvement though. If you ask me that prior to her last big opportunity, I would have said that she was super underrated and she deserves a shot. (laughs) She kind of dropped the ball on it. Um, This is, she's a great character. She's got a hell of a look. She's got, you know, a wicked entrance, but you know, to make it or break it these days, you need more than that. So yeah, she she's overrated for me. Uh, it's a clean sweep, and no disrespect to Shotzi. I think that. Oh wow! Oh, I was not expecting that. <laughs> so here's the big thing with for me for Shotzi. There was a run of call ups for the women's division. I remember when, for whatever reason, they had Io down there forever. But after Charlotte left, Rhea Ripley, Shayna got called up, which made a lot of sense. Or Sheena had already been called up by that point, but Rhea Ripley got called up, which made a lot of sense. Bianca Belair got called up, which made a lot of sense. Obviously, Kyrie stayed before she departed. Uh, she got called up. All of those things made made sense, and they worked. But then they called up the rest of the division, too. Mia Yim was all of a sudden making it to, to WWE right away. And Shotzi was. And those things weren't good or anything like that, but I feel like they could have used like an actual title run or to compete for the, for the NXT women's title to be able to be in that conversation first and then have a little bit more seasoning to come up for me. Shotzi was always, I feel like I wish that we got that actual run in NXT that she never got. And then she got lost in the shuffle a little bit. And yeah, she's in the place where she shouldn't be leading matches. And that match with Ronda Rousey was obviously a mess. And I don't really put that on her necessarily because I think Ronda was kind of leading that match. And 
I blame WWE for that because you made Ronda Rousey lead a match. But yeah, I think that I, I like, again, I agree. She's got a great look. I agree. She's got um, entertaining personality. I think there's, there's something to the character certainly, but yeah, I think that she was somebody who could use more seasoning NXT and NXT. I don't know. I feel like she'd be, that would be a great opportunity for her there, but Right now, she's very lost in the shuffle, so I'm going to say overrated. Um, Ryla, this is a fun one. Solo Sokoa. Solo is right where he belongs. I don't think he's overrated. I don't think he's underrated. I think the performances he's had, uh, both in-ring and just, you know, doing character work, I think he's been great. Um, But... I also think that it's hard not to be when you're in the main storyline, the one that they're paying the most attention to and they're throwing the most at. Um, I think that if you don't succeed in that, there's something wrong. So there's definitely not anything wrong with Solo Sokoa. I just think that he's still, um, he still has a lot of time. So right now, I think he's right where he needs to be. And... Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's room for improvement, but I certainly don't think he's overrated. Mick, Solskjaer. Um, I, okay. If we were just saying like back prior to his bloodline run, I would have said people are sleeping on him and they need to pay attention because he's a fucking cool cat. Now I'm actually kind of, I, I think he might be a little overrated only, only for the fact that he's still in the main title picture. And to me, and it's no disrespect intended, but he, he's kind of got a little bit of the Dominic Mysterio thing going on. He hasn't been around for very long, but he's still making up for it uh, with his athleticism and, and kind of the stuff that is, he's got some really incredible stage presence to him. Um, but I think the bloodline or being related to the guys that are in the main story picture are definitely working in his favor. That said, being overrated is not necessarily a bad thing, and I want to see what else they can do with him. So I guess we'll you know we'll, we'll leave it at that because Solo is a dangerous man, and I don't want him hunting me down. I'll put Solo in the overrated camp too, mostly because as much as the two of you have talked about, particularly Mick has talked about. Um, how uh, you're scared about how people are going to be sort of presented and how they're going to, things are going to go after judgment day is over. And now I do have eyebrow raises about judgment day ending. What is solo Sokoa after the bloodline? And my answer is I have no idea and I'm a little bit worried about it. So it might be, it's probably closer to a push. Go ahead. Uh, Umaga. And and this is the character that Solo Sokoa is kind of shaped after. Umaga had always consistent booking until he couldn't do it anymore. He was always a monster heel. He was always at the top of the card, fighting for the title, competing for the IC title, what what have you. I certainly think that Solo fits into that. So, but, well, time will tell. Time will tell. That's fair. I think he's sort of a wait and see as well, Rylan. Two more to go. Xavier Woods. Uh, Xavier Woods is underrated. He is uber charismatic. He could have been IC champion, US champion, world champion three or four times over by now. 
This is a guy who not only is able to do the WWE thing, but step outside of that and connect with a different audience. Um, and I think that's super important. Like the, the, uh, the YouTube stuff with up, up, down, down is, has always been fantastic and it's shown wrestling fans, a different side of their favorite characters, which I think is super important. I think they have not utilized this guy to the degree that he deserves uh, I think that like the overall like internet opinion of him is that he's great, but um, I don't think anyone holds him to the degree of being a world champion. I certainly think he could be. So I, I'm going to say underrated for Xavier Woods. Uh, Mick Xavier Woods. Um, no, I'm, I'm going to be the echo chamber because I'm going to say the exact same thing. Uh, to me, I think any every member of the New Day is way up there. Uh, so they've had some pretty goofy goes and they've had, you know, uh, definitely some fun along the way. Um, but all three dudes could be the world champion tomorrow and I'd have absolutely zero problem with it. Uh, Xavier, especially he's super charismatic, not quite as charismatic as big E, but very, very, very close. And, um, if people haven't seen his, some of his older, uh, his, his older stuff when he was, um, uh, Jesus Creed, Hang on, is that, uh, getting that there? Adon- Adonis Creed, right? Something Creed. Yeah, man, man. But that's like his his work when he was an impact. Like he can go in the ring, man. Like you know, he he wears little elf shoes right now, and he you know plays a trumpet when somebody else gets a big hit. But like he is criminally underrated in the ring. So yeah, I mean, I, I you know I got I got nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah, I'm going to echo that sentiment. I think everybody recognizes that Xavier Woods is an incredibly charismatic presence, a great talker, oozes charisma, very, very natural um, speaker, could be a face or a heel. He's done both well. I think he's he's an amazing baby face and should be a world champion. But his in-ring stuff is really good, and people sleep on him in-ring. He is very, very talented in-ring. And I think... Again, it's there's another size ceiling victim, I think, with Xavier Woods. And that's very frustrating because I think he, he deserves to be at that upper, upper level. Rylan, last one. I'm interested to see your thoughts on this. Selena Vega. Um, it's a toss-up between underrated and right where she belongs. I feel like she hasn't been featured enough as a wrestler for me to think that she's underrated, but in the times that she has been, I've been super impressed. So, I mean, there's that. And I, I certainly think there's way more left in the tank for this lady. Um, she has impressed a lot uh, over the last few years, but especially into these like more, I'm a wrestler years. Um, she's a good talker. She's a good wrestler. Why aren't you using her more properly? I don't know. So I'm going to say underrated. Mick, Zelina Vega. Oh, hmm, that's a tough one. I said, when I first heard it, I thought you said ZLE, and I was like, man, I don't know. We need to see more of her. But I mean, really, Zelina Vega is kind of on the same stage where she's not as utilized. I think she's utilized more than ZLE is, mind you. But um, she she's a wicked promo, man. Like, she, she, she did that. Uh, that manager thing very well when she was with Andrade she was really 
really good in that role. And not only that, but she's athletic and she can believably uh, have, have a wrestling match as well. Um, you know, she, she always had that sick hurricane run off the, uh, off the apron to whoever Andrade was usually wrestling and always made it look beyond believable. Um, I like where they're going with her right now. I think that again, she's another talent that's probably underutilized, but you know, she's got a hell of a look and she can carry, she can carry matches. She can go through. I don't think she's necessarily the, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call her the most talented in ring competitor, uh, within the company. But again, she also has a pass that you can look up in other companies and she's very good at what she does. So I'd, I'd say, I'd say she, people are sleeping on her. She's underrated. Selena Vega is great in ring. And you mentioned that, that manager run, there was a run there with she was the manager of Andrade, where she was the best manager in all of the WWE system. And yes, I'm including Paul Heyman when I say that. But sadly, they really dropped the ball on her in the main roster as a manager, and then they dropped the ball on her again as a wrestler. Which I'm sure they did the same to Andrade. Yeah, they sure did. Man, that guy's so talented. Anyway. Regardless, Selena is incredible on the mic. She's a very, very good worker. Again, maybe not somebody you necessarily need leading matches, but we also haven't had a lot of experience of her getting the opportunity to do that. So maybe she should be. Like, she needs more TV time, and the rest will shine through. And I think my the thing for her is she's starting to get into to acting a little bit. And to be honest with you. I think WWE might have dropped the ball and she might just be above wrestling at a certain point. She clearly loves it because I don't think she'd be here otherwise, but yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if she needs it anymore, which is kind of a testament to how great she could have been here. She's going to be a voice actress in anime, man. That's what she's going to do. <laughs> she's good. She's already getting opportunities doing that. So anyway, um, this has been more than long enough, so we'll we'll put a wrap to this uh, coming up. I, I had a good kick out of this. We went through 50 names over the course of these two recordings, these two months. So hopefully uh, you listeners enjoy this and you got uh, something of a kick out of it. Let us know. Maybe we'll, we'll do more of these in the future. It definitely would be a fun thing to do. Nick, thank you so much for sitting down with us. We appreciate uh, you coming on. Anytime. And yeah. It's great to ha- great to have you here. And anything else you wanna say around before we take this home? No, I think that we've spoken for almost two hours, so uh, <laughs> I think we should uh wrap this bad boy up. But no, uh like like Kyle said, Mick, thank you so much for being here and doing this. Um I think this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we should definitely do the AEW roster next. So stay tuned. We'll, 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 uh, we'll, you know, obviously uh, make that happen when it happens. But uh, with all that being said, Kyle, send the people home happy. Thank you so much for listening to this all the way to the end. We appreciate you. And as a listener, you are clearly underrated and you've been walloped. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop, 
and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.